The Getting Works podcast, Mike's getting tipsy. He drink a lot of beer and he drink a lot of whiskey. When he's not doing that, probably watching wrestling. Talking about the beers and it's so interesting. Mike's on the line with Bill Alfonso. End of the day, he be cleaning out the tacos. No better podcast if you ask me. Getting Works, you could leave off the last G. Driving in your car, getting worked. Slacking at your job, getting worked. At the DMV, getting worked. In the VIP, getting worked. Out, getting worked. Getting worked. Get, getting worked. 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 People of the internet, Getting Worked is back. I'm Mike. This is Getting Worked with Mike, the podcast. I'll explain that here in a moment. Hello. Episode number 36. It's been over a year uh, since I've recorded an episode, put out an episode. So a lot's happened. A, lo- a lot has gone on. Um I got married. I just kind of grew. Grew as a person, and that, that's the thing that you guys are going to see with the next pieces of get, getting worked, the next part of this podcast, like what happens. Um, a lot of changes. So first and foremost, yeah, I got married. And I love my wife. She's amazing. And we went on an amazing honeymoon. Uh, My daughter is this teenager who has turned into like a weird combination of karmatic vengeance because of the punk rock metal teenager that I was and her own super awesome person, which is great. Uh, getting worked is going to be different as well. This episode is going to be more of a reintroduction. Hey, here's what I've done up to this point. But getting worked altogether is going to be kind of a new, different experience for me, and I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, Thursdays, we're going to do a live stream at 9.30 every night. And every Monday, you're going to get a new episode of Getting Worked with Mike. That's the podcast. That's this thing. Uh, This episode, I'm going to pull some interviews, some of my favorite times that I've had in the past of this show. And moving forward, you're going to get a combination of the podcast of interviews. We're going to go make cool fucking drinks again. We're going to get drunk. We're going to mark out. We're going to fucking party. Uh, So it's going to be a fucking blast. So thank you. For tuning in thank you for jumping back on the train back on the ride but i want to get right into it uh, this episode is going to start off with an interview with zicky dice zicky has gone through a lot of different companies I've, I've been blessed to watch this guy and his career grow and and watch him turn zicky dice into an enterprise 
This was when he was with the NWA. He had just finished a rivalry with Ricky Starks uh, before he had moved to Impact Wrestling. So this was, I believe, the very first episode of Getting Worked with Mike, the podcast, as you guys will now know it as Getting Worked with Mike. This is Zicky Dice, the outlandish one. Let's go. You said something that I want to touch on there as well, the fact that with it being a pre-taped show, Nothing gets spoiled. You know, I, is is it a matter of the fans having the respect for the product? The fact that storylines aren't just being popped immediately when they're being recorded? Or at least they're not being put on the internet, I should say, as yeah. readily as a lot of other things out there. Uh, is, is, that, is that a thought process backstage as well, knowing that we're doing a pre-taped show? So as far as where you're going to go with the storyline? You know, we've never really said anything and it hasn't had to have been said which is cool so i guess it's just the respect of the, of the product and what's going on and and you don't want to get the spoilers you know we put out a weekly show like get like we're, we're growing that's the, let us do our job just watch and enjoy you know absolutely and one of the big things that you were involved in from the jump was the television title tournament which a lot of people had go. you pegged to win here we go you know they brought in Dan Maff. He doesn't even work at NWA. He's from Ring of Honor. I don't know what. And did you see him? He's a mutant freak. And he's and I he's had to quite large. First round. Not to mention, not to mention, I had to win two damn matches to earn a spot in that tournament anyway. I feel like, I don't know what William Patrick Corgan has against me. Maybe I smashed one too many of his pumpkins. But the odds were stacked against me from the get-go. And I had a bad night. I didn't get much sleep the night before, thank you very much. And I'm pretty upset that you're bringing up the television title on this interview. Oh, sorry, sorry. Because sorry. Ricky Starks Ricky Starks has something that is mine, okay? He looks like a, a, a curly-headed, brown-haired beavis. He's an idiot. I am television, and I am, and this, don't, and yes, he beat me this past week on Power, okay? Is that what you want to hear? But if you look back at the tape, real close and open your big dumb eyes you'll see him pull my curls and and and, and from there i was distracted well but we're not done not by a long shot that's my damn television championship and everyone knows that zicky dyson you can hear it right now through your speakers that i am television it definitely is a lot more outlandish with you being there i will say that hmm. now first thing i'm going to do is get that bell and then just Dip it in glue and, and pink glitter. That's the first thing I'm going to do. You've already posted a couple of re-ideas for it and how to make it a little bit customized for yourself. Has that already been talked about yeah, backstage well, with them? Oh, that's shit. There's always tricks up Zicky Dice's sleeve. And I want to do everything I can to piss off the internet and piss off everybody listening because that's my damn job and I'm so damn good at it. <laughs> so another thing that I've always loved about you is, is your evolution as a character. One thing we haven't seen in the NWA is magic. Are we going to start Ooh. seeing some more magic out of Zicky Dice in the NWA? That's a good question. Um, well, prior to... Okay, so here we go. Prior to me coming into the NWA, like, Billy and uh, Lagana have brought me in. They, they see one thing. They're not knowing what much of my past was. Mm -hmm. um, I did relay that I do some magic tricks. And uh, you know what? I don't need them yet. I haven't even cheated yet. Maybe I'll start cheating to win. Because cheating sounds fun. I mean, that might have helped in the tournament. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm telling you, that will be mine. 
if I have to do magic tricks to make Ricky Starks disappear or saw him in half on power, I'll, I'll do it. So, so that's the that's the big moving forward concentration is Ricky Starks right now and getting your hands back on the television title. He embarrassed me on television this past week. Wouldn't you want? Wouldn't you want revenge? Oh, wouldn't absolutely, absolutely. Are you married? Are you married? No, no. Do you have a girlfriend? Yes. Okay, here we go. I beat you up. I take your girlfriend on TV. Oh, are you going to be embarrassed? Are you going to come back? Are you just going to leave me with your girlfriend? Are you going to come and get her? Oh, no. I'm, I mean, I'm coming back and getting her. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That Ricky Starks has my girlfriend around his waist. And I am not okay. That, you're, you're making me real upset in this interview. Well, you got, you, you've got the fanny pack to, to hold you the spot, You brought me on here, and you, and you told me what... Don't talk about my $16,000 fanny pack, Okay. Don't even look at it. You want to look at it, it's going to, it's going to charge you. And I'm going to add it to the bill for this interview because you're racking that up now, especially uh, with these Ricky Starks questions. Do not say his name around me anymore. Okay, okay. We, about, we, we, won't, we won't talk about Ricky Starks anymore. You're raising my blood pressure. My doctor said that's not good for me because I'm trying to calm down a little bit, all right? So let's just move on with the next question. Let's not talk about Ricky Starks. And if you want to find out, you can watch Power on Tuesday and see what the hell I do that idiot. So having having that legendary spot you guys have at six oh five every Tuesday night on YouTube NWA Power go check it out subscribe uh, with that history in the NWA how is there a weight that comes with that b- b- before you got involved with the company every time you step out there is 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 it brought to your attention a lot or is it trying to form a new path with the NWA because I think one thing everyone said about the company is it's paying a tribute to everything they've done up to this point, whether it's the titles absolutely. or look of the show. Or, yeah, are you contributing, or yeah, is it absolutely. taking a different way? Well, to be honest with you, I didn't even know. I noticed that the timer goes down on the matches now. Did you see that on the 6.05? Yeah. Like it goes down, and I noticed that this week. Um, and it's kind of like a just, just hidden. It's just there, right? And it's like, oh, wow, they're actually bringing this back. And you see more and more of it. Like, we just had Sean Mooney debut on the show. Like, dude. How badass is that? That's insane. Oh, the commentary team dude. is top-notch there. Oh, I love it. Uh, Joe Galley and Stu Bennett are incredible. Um, I think they do very well um, and bounce off each other damn well. Um, and I couldn't be happier. And Marquez is killing it as even, well. Even, yeah, Marquez is killing it. you got even uh, like Kyle Davis in the back and the backstage crew. It, it, it's, it's great. It's great, it makes, it, which makes my job a whole lot easier. So... Comparing the the way that they're booking and doing everything and setting up your matches and the people they're putting you up against, compared to the other companies you work with, with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, the the past you had, you were in Blackcraft Wrestling shows. Do you feel the direction that they're taking Zicky Dice is more aware? Because I think one thing they're tapping into that no one else has yet is the character and the fact that your character is kind of tailor-made for what they're doing. You said yourself that, that uh, Corgan was in love with, with, with your hair and your look and your earring. Have there been suggestions, or are they just letting you do your thing? Um, I've, that's a good question. I've um, pretty much been just taking the wheel. Um, and I see, like, now... Uh, getting more camera time and more stuff like that. So what I'm doing is working. Um, yeah. There are suggestions that come in, and I do ask uh, permission for some things, or else the show would be 
completely outlandish, but we'll save those for the bigger moment. Um, but, yeah, I do bounce ideas back off uh, LaDonna and Corgan. Um, and we're still figuring out along the way. Um, it's, so I, I came into the show. If you watch the first episode, my first entrance, the crowd's completely quiet. I remember walking to the ring and, like, hearing, like, oh, who's this guy or whatever, whatever, wannabe, right? Because no one knew who I was. By the end of the match, the first match, I had everybody booing me, and uh, that's that's the reaction that I wanted, right? I, now I got them, and now I can walk out there and just breathe, and they boo me. So I'm, like, I'm still working my way up the totem pole. I'm still trying to build a name for myself. And at the same time, they're giving me a little bit of creative control, and uh, it's like, Zicky, take the wheel. And they they definitely are getting success from that. From from what it seems like, you've you've got more mic time than most. I think outside of the, probably the strictly strictly business group, I think you probably garner more screen time than anybody. It feels like. Well, we're gonna hear we're gonna hear it first right here on, on getting work. I am NWA, and uh, I plan on um, building this company as much as I possibly can while I'm there. Um, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. And if that means me taking over more TV time, and shit, if I have to buy my own TV time, I will. If this pro- paid program is brought to you by Outlandish Zicky Dice, I'll run the whole 60-minute show by myself and not have a single match. How about that? Because I will take this coming to the next level. You're going to watch it every Tuesday, 6.05, because you can't take your eyes off of Outlandish Zicky Dice. Always the man. Always a great guest, the outlandish Zicky Dice. Once again, thank you, Zicky, for being on the first episode of Getting Work with Mike and really setting the bar when it comes to guests. Which brings me to my next snippet that we're going to jump into. Before we get into the, in a, into the groove of podcasting, getting back into the groove of recording and realizing, holy shit, when you're in a basement, you probably prob- shouldn't have a humidifier running in the background it's a new house we built it part of that was oh you got to set up a humidifier in the basement because new wood it's going to expand and whatnot but that translates into oh that noise in the background that you guys heard so turn that off took that down um it's a process we're back (laughs) but this next guest that i had on is one of my favorites uh pco the fucking monster himself, the French-Canadian Frankenstein. When PCO and I sat down and had this conversation, he had just come off of a pretty big period of Ring of Honor dates. He was world champion for Ring of Honor. This was before he had jumped over to Impact Wrestling. He was riding high on the monster of PCO. He was doing a weekly internet show. He was an unstoppable beast. So this was a really hot time for him, and and, and I was so grateful that he jumped on and came and did the show. So this is one of my favorite interviews with the one and only, the monster, PCO. You touched on the, the entrance you had at Madison Square Garden, and one thing that they've never shied away from with your character, and I think that you've never shied away from with your character, is to be larger, to be bigger, to be to for PCO to be more. When when the character first began on, and I, I don't want to call it the Indies, but before Ring of Honor, when you were yeah, it was it was the Indies. Yeah. I remember I saw you on the on the Blackcraft Wrestling show, and. Yeah. 
this the 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 start of the PCO character always seemed that it was made for things like Jim Johnston music, fake electricity and lightning and these yeah. giant set pieces. In the beginning, though, obviously you're you're on your own. How do you convey this this idea to other people? You're going to set things up with like like how did anybody react when you first said I'm I'm going to be a Frankenstein? I, I don't know. It was just the, the way that things that it did happen in a way where it just fell into places. I mean, I didn't have to search for anything and I didn't have to impose anything. It was just there. Because if you remember, if you go back in time, the match with Walter happened at Georgia and Spring Break 2 in New Orleans, WrestleMania 34. Yeah. And it goes out to be the match of the weekend, of the WrestleMania weekend. Like, it, there's a huge buzz on the internet. Yeah. It's, it's uh, viral. And then everybody's calling it like the resurrection of PCO. And then about two, three weeks after that, I'm having, like, I'm, doing, I'm uh, going through a workout in distros there. I come out of the cage, uh, the squat cage, and uh, I'm walking. My back is, you know, he, he sees my back as I'm walking away. And he goes, stop, stop, stop. I said, what, what's going on? He said, this man, you are Frankenstein. You're, you're him, you know, that's you. You can't be no one else. You, you, yeah. you are Frank Einstein. And, and I, I asked questions. Okay, I knew Frank Einstein. So what, what's this all about Frank Einstein? Basically, he was resurrected by ele the electricity. And it was the resurrection of PCO at the same time. So we just merged the two together. So we didn't have to really... Uh, push the idea that much there was no it selling was, it was a natural it was a natural it was what happened yeah that's so we just awesome had the electricity and uh we had the electricity and and more of like the outfit and, and yeah. things like that and, uh, and we went with perfect creation one it's, it, everything worked out good it came out, it came together really nicely, especially with you talking about this buzz you had and feel the electricity was your slogan. You sold jumper cables on your website for a while. I don't know. Yeah, if I, sell, I sell, but the thing is like, uh, I'm doing things now with pro wrestling tees a lot. So yeah. we might work together with Blackcraft because I kept my contacts with Blackcraft. You know the clothing and black yeah. wrestling. You know they're great people. They got a good, you know, good group of guys there. We became good friends, and uh, they really liked the PCO character. So uh, yeah. they were, you know. So we went with the jumper cables, and we, we sold a bunch, and uh, we kind of slowed down. On, I kind of slowed down on the publicity of that. And I'm trying to work other deals. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit spread out on merch. You know, I've got ROH who sells my merch. Now I have I've was able to uh, get off of, of the exclusivity with Ring of Honor and to be able to be with Pro Wrestling Tees as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they're supposed to jump on the, the cables. So we'll, we'll may just it's a great idea. buy what we got and... Yeah, I might just sell it throughout uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. It's one of those things in 20 years people are going to say, like, 
Like you're going to buy it and put it in a, in a, in, in a, somewhere in a drawer. And in 20 years, you're going to be like, this dude was so over. He sold me fucking jumper cables and I bought them <laughs> and they're here. Like it's yeah. one of those things where I always go back to a quote by Gene Simmons from kiss. who said, if you believe something enough, other people believe it too. And your character and your passion for your character and your passion for the business and just wrestling in general has yeah. permeated through everything you've done. I remember I saw you in Columbus at a ring of honor show and it was, uh, the, the last one I think that was booked was one that had, had gotten canceled because of everything. The one last one that was supposed to happen. The, the one before was against Don Moss, right? Don I, I, okay, no, it was the one before that that I saw. Okay, you okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you were in a six-man tag, I think. Okay. And you jumped over the top rope. And I remember specifically sitting next to a crowd of people who were slowly explaining to their friends who the Ring of Honor cast was. They had some, some WWE fans there with them. Yeah. Mainstream wrestling fans who they're like, okay, this is some actual really cool stuff. And when you hit that top rope and you went over, <laughs> and I'm sorry to say it, the, the, one of the women grabs her husband and goes, how old is that guy to do that? Yeah, show? yeah. And immediately you just start hearing people yell, just yell BCO, BCO, BCO. And being an old school wrestling fan, to see someone who has never seen you before, doesn't know Becker Pierre, doesn't know Jean-Pierre Lafitte, sees this character and they're hooked because you're that into what you're doing. Yeah. Is, and, uh, is the, the, this the late in your career, yeah. is that still something that you're recognizing or are you still, does it come out or do you have to push yourself to keep putting that much heart into it? Or is it just flowing out of you naturally? In those uh, it's, it's, no, I never think you have to always push, 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 push. I'm pushing myself, but it's not hard to push myself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you need a lot of discipline to shoot one video per week. I mean, people don't realize that, we have to find cars, we have to find buildings, we have to find locations, we have to find, uh, you know, different like roads and things like that. I mean, you know, we're, we, a river, a lake, every, everything that we're doing, you know, so we got to search, then we got to get actors and we got to get, you know, like, uh, the, the, the cars or whatever we're going to wreck or whatever is going to happen. So by, by the time the week, by the time the video comes out on the Monday, we're already planning on, you know, getting the people yeah. and the cast ready for the next one and, and the, uh, the screenplay in the scenario. So it's a lot of work and, and I'm, and that's my, that's me. Consensus, you know, be consistent, like constant, constant, you know, always there, you know, like I don't want to miss a week, you know, it's been like almost two and a half years without missing one week that we came out with and I want to come up with great content all the time. So, so add that to training, uh, training in the ring, practicing wrestling moves and, uh, and, and, and making sure that when you, you go on, on different locations, for, for Ring of Honor that uh, always deliver, you know. So uh, that's a lot, but like I said, I, I push myself, but it's something 
if you don't have a passion, if you don't, if you're not passionate about doing it, you, you'll eventually you'll just fade out. You know, you you won't keep the momentum going. Yeah, just keep on pushing, keep on pushing, keep on pushing, and and things are happening. Like you're actually the first podcast who asked me more or less to talk more about, you know, the uh, Monday night uh, adventures of PCO. Uh, then it's the first time ever. So yeah. now I think it's going to grow into that too. And I think it's, uh, it's just growing the character as well as, and, and I think ring of honor is going to benefit from it at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, it's it, giving think, you a new outlet. It's giving yeah. people a way to find you now compared to, cause you know, you, you, de- you debuted in 87 and you know, you've been around for a while. And you've seen these changes in the way wrestling was presented. We have social media. You can make your own videos. You can post your own tweets. You can have all these outlets to get your character and your message to the people. Are you seeing people take as much advantage of it as they should? You are. I think you're, 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 you're killing it. You're one of the few people. I think it's like you... Zack Ryder, like like the Bucks, who really those few entities that took internet content and made it their own and made it work for their character. Are you seeing the rest of wrestling acknowledge that, or do you think you guys are just passing them by? And in ten years, are they going to wish they had started a weekly show? I think we we go back to where I was when I first started in the business. I remember, let's say, 90, 1993 or nineteen ninety five, when I uh, I worked for WWE. It's like I was uh, I was young, you know. It's like yeah. twenty five, and you're waiting for the company to come up with something for you. Well, they don't have anything. Nothing's no, not this week. Not this week. Uh, nothing is happening really. They don't have any ideas. Creators don't have ideas. Well. I decided one day that, you know, I was going to take charge at least of what I can, what I can have like uh, control over it. I'm going to make sure that I control that, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's, I've got control over my social medias and I wanted to make sure that I was going to use that as much as possible. I think back in the days, it was other ways for guys to get over, you know, to get their things, their ideas or whatever, to get them by. It's just a matter of, uh, of being so focused and uh, to be, be uh, uh, you hear that all the time. You have to be the hardest worker in the, in the company or one of the hardest worker in the company. I, I mean, that's my mindset. I want to be the guy who, you know, okay, we got like a crisis, the pandemic or whatever. I'm going to use all this time to get myself more over than I was before, after when we'll all come back. Right. That was the mindset I had. I'm going to work hard every day, like, you know, nine to five, you know, like 24 hours a day if I have to. I'll get back up in the, in the night and write some ideas when I have to go to the bathroom or something and have a pad always there and a pen. If I get up or whatever, I have to move something and an idea crossed my mind. 
I'll just write it down. And how eventually involved, I'll use it. How involved is Destro in, in the Very involved. process of, of Monday Night PCO and everything else that, that your characters do? He's very, very involved. Very involved. Actually, I'd say like before when we did all the the first videos, because we're evolving too as yeah. uh, as PCO Industrial, you know. That's like you said, we, you mentioned a cast. I'm noticing like it started off, a lot of it was you and Destro in some garage or some warehouse. Yeah. Now there's like characters. And I, I want to get into PCO Justice yeah, a little yeah. later because yeah, I have yeah, a lot we will. of questions about PCO We will, we will. We will but now sure. there's a full-blown like like a PCO universe going on yeah, with all these yeah. characters and no yeah. yeah like you're saying it's just getting bigger. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 getting a cast put together, so so it's gonna be very very entertaining and I, I think it's uh, it's gonna be very uh, uh, beneficial for Ring of Honor and and for yeah. a PCO character and for yeah. for Destro. He's he's very involved with me. He's very passionate. He's very creative. He's uh, such a character. I, he's one of those people that, and I and I, I don't, aside from his association with you, don't no. know much about him, but he's one of those people you'll see little snippets on the internet and hear interviews where everybody's like, his tongue's always green. Or black. Is it black? Like yeah. a blackish green. Like it's got yeah, almost yeah, like a tinge. Yeah, yeah. But like black. apparently his tongue's yeah. always like, like walk, yeah. people walk around like, he's always like that. He always yeah. talks like that. So he's he's a great, He's a great little like, he's a great side piece to oh, he adds this incredible. element of like, you see this giant monster PCO and then you're like, what the fuck is that? Who the fuck yeah. is that guy with? Yeah, and and he's always like, never like, really satisfied about this creation. He always wants to improve the creation. Yeah. He's hard on the creation. Sometimes you almost think he's gonna double cross his creation. The creation never mad against his, his creator because that's his creator. Right. So I'm always, yes, Destro, no problem, Destro. Let's do that, Destro. I don't question, like, if he says you paint the, 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 this wall green, I'll paint it green. You know, that's, that's how, that's how this, the PCO is towards his creator. You know, he's really faithful and, and he, he trusts him all the way. So... Yeah, that's that's the that's how we, we we built that relationship there, you know. And and he's really also uh, Destro's like really, you never know what he's got on his mind. He's really uh, questionable, and <laughs> yeah. and and uh, yeah. you may have sometimes doubt him. You know, why is he make him do that? You know. And then and there's always a good reason. It's either to strengthen my strengthen my mental toughness, or strengthen my like uh, my hands or my my jaw. And it's it's always to have the best monster, you know, that that you can have. So we don't see a lot of interaction between him and the other members of Villain Enterprises. Is is that by design, or is that something that have we just not found the right? the right moment to introduce and kind of work him into things there or, or what's going on with yeah, that? I think, uh, I think, yeah, we get along like, uh, Brody King, uh, likes Destro a lot and, and Marty too. And we all get along well. 
uh, I think we just uh, haven't found the right way to introduce them or yeah. the right time or the right angle. You know, it I would, think it it's, need it's all about it's all about timing. I think we brought him in like for the title match when I became world champion. We brought him in for the garden. He had the bat suit that was great with like yeah, the, the bat awesome. wings under the arms. He's got some crazy costumes and uh, yeah. and he's got a face like you know like Machete Danny Trujillo. You know, like <laughs> I think they got the same same kind of cast. You know, they're. Yeah. The same type of guys of, don't have to talk much. Just the look, you know, says it says everything. They've done some shit. They've 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 done something in their past <laughs> to where you take a couple looks at them, you're like, I'm good. I'm gonna leave that guy over there. I'm gonna leave the guy with the sunglasses and the black tongue alone. I'm not gonna bother that dude. He's got a giant with him, so I'm definitely not gonna bother. But no, he's he's a cool, great you're totally into the story. You're totally into the story. You're you're right where I would like you to be at, you know, as a, as someone who watch. It's so fun. Know, it's it's the, so fun to watch, and 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 the big thing because, as I said, I, I I my first big intro to PCO was in Blackcraft Wrestling. Uh, a, a lifetime ago, I interviewed Bobby right before the first Blackcraft okay. show, and you were one of the people because it was you and Chris Dickinson. And I am a huge Chris Dickinson fan. So going into that, I was like, the dirty daddy, the dirty daddy. <laughs> and his first question is, what do you mean? You're discounting PCO? I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. I mean, okay, well, let's see this. And then I watched it. And, and before that, I had caught a bunch of internet clips of what you were doing. Yeah. And for a sec, I did the same thing everyone else did, where I was like, oh, let's go. Let's get back up here. Let's see what's up. And then you're like, wait, that's no, that's not the same. Holy sh and then you start seeing the moves, you start seeing the hits, you saw the Walter spot, and then before you know it, it's the Blackcraft show. And you and Dickinson had a great match. And I think the best part of that was that he, and, and if you haven't watched the Blackcraft Wrestling show, uh, go find it on YouTube. You can find a lot of clips. Actually, you can find PCO and Chris's match on the Blackcraft Wrestling YouTube. You actually can watch that. And the big ending of the match was Chris seems to like break character, calling you by your real name, but you never broke. You, you, you kind of just wandered around, stayed in character. And that's when, that was the moment when it clicked for me. I was like, okay, he's got a plan. There's, there's, this, is, this, is, this is systematic. He's got a plan for the PCO character. This is going to get bigger and bigger and more built and more built. And I never stopped watching. And, yeah, and I, I'm a PCO fan. Through Thank you very much, but uh, I really appreciate that. But to be honest with you, I mean, um, uh, I haven't touched like a tenth of the possibility of the character. You know, like it's, it's the possibilities are enormous. I mean, grandiose. I mean, we uh, there is so much potential out there, and you know, also if you look at the movie Frankenstein. It's not a young dude, you know. So right. it's it fits that 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 monster fits the age. And like you were saying, like people like how old is that? That that makes him even more not human. Like even like he's not human because it's impossible for someone who's in his fifties to do things like he does. It or shouldn't be, but it take is. risk like he does. Yeah. Like. Uh, once in a while, I get a phone call from my dad, and 
he's not a big fan of he's a fan of me as a son but he's not a fan of my my daredevil actions you know he's <laughs> so does he does your dad see any of the videos Is he, he doesn't want to see i uh, last time i uh because i know he doesn't watch like social media so i just yeah. sent a video on text messages and it's been a week and a half and then he calls me today he said i saw your film I said that's a great film but i would wish that that wasn't you the actor <laughs> So like, this is so good, but I wish my yeah. son wasn't in it. Yeah, yeah, he likes the film, but he doesn't like my head being banged yeah. up against a uh, a car door or me doing like a senton on the apron or taking a you know a power bomb from inside the ring to the cement floor at Madison Square Garden and things like that. He just you know, but I, I told him you know. I'm, I'm, that's where I'm the most happiest. That's where I'm, I'm the, I'm like time stop for me. Like I'm taking a power bump on the cement floor halfway in the air. Time stop. You know, it's like I'm having a blast and I hit a moonsault. I'm as I'm spinning, uh, in the middle of the air. That's where I get my my buzz there, you know, my adrenaline buzz. That's where, so, you know, I'm so, wow, oh, so crazy. I love this. So That's all. When, you, when, you, when you go for these moves and, and you're chasing that adrenaline, does it ever, does it ever, like, is there ever that moment that, like, this, not, not, to, not to say that you ever lost it, but you, you did step away for a while and then come back you, you're yeah. kind of this the, the the embodiment of a second lease on life as far yeah. as like your wrestling goes when yeah. when you do these crazy moves and you're and you're you're going over the top rope you're taking the power bomb to the concrete obviously you know what you're doing you're a professional beyond professionals yeah. and you wouldn't be this long if you didn't know how to do things properly does yeah. but, but getting knowing that you're you're on this this opportunity that most people don't ever get does that ever edit what you do? Is that ever dictating the choices that you're making? Or are we just guns blazing? Or are we just like, I don't I just know. go with, I just go with how I feel about things. And, and I, I like to, I, I really like to give my fans like a moment that's going to be for them, like uh, a special moment, something that's going to be, and then their memory for a long time. I want I want them to remember that, you know, I wanted to entertain you as much as I could and I was willing to do things just to make it like better. Just yeah. to just to make it better in my way. Yeah. For another guy it would be another way to make it better. For 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 PCOs not human, that's the way that I'll make myself different, you know. Because you gotta be different. Uh, we can't all be like uh, chain wrestling, or we can't all be like you know doing super kicks. And you know everybody's gotta have his identity. And yeah. I found mine, and it's important for me to keep that same character, like going on screen or going on the ring or going 
you know, pretty much everywhere that I've got to perform. Yeah. Uh, I want, I want, I want that to be part of things. I want to do my own stunts when I, when I shoot films, you know, I don't want any double, I don't want nobody to do my things. You know, if I have to jump off the roof, you know, of a car to another car or from a building to another building, I'll do it myself. No one, no one to do it for me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, from, from seeing your matches and being live at your shows, I wouldn't doubt for a moment you do any of that stuff. Now, in finding yourself and, and through the evolution of PCO into everything we've seen, you, you, won, you won the Ring of Honor World title at Final Battle in December. You, you've taken the character to heights that honestly, if, if you probably asked people five years ago if, 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 if you would come back with this character as a Frankenstein, and win the Ring of Honor World Title. Most people would have bet against. Most people would have bet against you. I would say hundred percent of people would have bet against me. Right. So you're at the top of your game. You're on top of the world. And in the middle of all this, a show called Dark Side of the Ring pops up, and you know the brawl for all was talked about. You were brought up on the episode. People have been talking about that. A big comparison that I would like to ask about, though, from that. You've, you've talked about the backstage, the locker room, different people. That era, the, the, the experiences you had working in the WWF during the Brawl for All era, backstage, locker room, compared to now, working for Ring of Honor, rubbing shoulders with guys like Marty Skrull, Flip Gordon, Brody King. Does that old school mentality ever force you to become a leader in the locker room and kind of are you ever shooting down things you see that you know are going to lead these guys in a bad direction is there ever any I, experience that comes out from you towards these other guys no i don't uh no i don't try to coach them or i don't try to to uh use that those years to to be a different leader i try to lead uh the way that i try to lead it's just by example yeah just my my personal uh, behaviors as a leader are uh, that that you're gonna know that for sure, and everybody know that knows that in ROH. I'm not gonna go party until five in the morning. I'm not gonna have like you know like uh, if I go eat somewhere, that's gonna I'm gonna have something to eat with the boys. Sometimes I like to after a show, I like to go with Marty and Brody, and we would like to you know. Uh, talk about the show and, and things like that, what just happened and how it went down and just recap everything, you know, and kind of brainstorm about the whole thing. But uh, I, 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 I don't get involved in, uh, in the, so many things that I used to get caught up before. Uh, like uh, sometimes, you know, because uh, the, same, the same thing happens, you know, where we're 2020 we're in 1990s or 80s or whatever uh not much has changed you know as far as dressing room goes uh it's just that i have it you know i'm older than i was at one point i was a rookie at one point i was you know in the middle of the jungle like being at the age that i was yeah now i know more about the jungle uh but that doesn't mean that there's not one there, you know? Right. <laughs> but um, I would hate to always be the guy who says, uh, 
well, you know, uh, with my experience or what I've been through, uh, if I was you or if I was you, I would do this or I would be there. I would be careful with that and, and things like that. So, so I just stay quiet. <laughs> I've seen a lot if, of if they ask me, where you brought, but if they things. ask me an opinion or something, I will give them. Yeah, but I will not put my foot on the door. You know, like I won't, I won't put my foot and say, "Hey, wait a minute, I've got something to say." You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty quiet. You know, but uh, yeah, I, I just because I feel. Uh, we're in a different time and different generation and wrestling has changed uh, in the ring and, you know there's a, a lot of combos a lot of moves that used to be finishers or used to be a big move almost a stretcher move there's just a setup now for another big move or for right. a finisher so in that way business has evolved a lot you know uh, there's there's a uh, Sometimes a, a faster pace, which could be cool to watch, but sometimes the fast pace can take a little bit away from the storytelling. So uh, you got to find uh, the balance between when it's time to, to you know, relax and let the people think about what just happened. Because if you always snap, 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 people, oh, it was nice, 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 but where was the story? So. Boom, boom, boom. You know, like, that's why I like to have, like, uh, sometimes I've got matches, like, with Bandito or with, uh, 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 Rush's brother. And, Dragon uh, Lee. Dragon Lee. <laughs> and, uh, cause I think, I think Dragon, like, he's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I've had, like, a good match with him. And, uh, that's what I like, you know, when it's time to, press the pedal, boom, 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 go. But when the monster did some, something to you, you can't be right back up, you know. It's right. Frankenstein, you know, it just hits you like tons of bricks. So you got to sell for a while. <laughs> just, and, uh, and that's great is, is, is knowing that balance because you always hear, it's 2020, like you said, we live in the world where you've got a lot of the new school versus the old school mentality. So a character like yours works perfectly as as that middle point that kind of hinge because yeah. it's a monster you can't yeah. you can't just super kick a monster 10 times and then no. just be cool that monster you're yeah. gonna eat eight or eight of those super kicks probably the other yeah. two might hit and then you're taking a guy down yeah and, and it's cool i love it's that cool. because the character it, it, it's the same way going back to when when in the Blackcraft match, when Dickinson decided to break character and you stayed in character, PCO yeah. has his path that he follows yeah. and he walks. And that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, that's what I like, you know. So I like the uh the to be able to adapt to the, the this new generation and to go along with it and and, and uh it, it's great because I really I really think that I was made for that generation because you know the break that I had. In between, you know, I felt like I did things in from '93 to 2000 where people was wondering, like, uh, what, why, why would he jump from the top rope and do a senton into the cement floor when there's nobody there? Right. And it's like, okay, they they don't get that. I want to show that 
I don't get hurt, you know. They, people weren't getting it. I was not capable of telling that story. That I knew that I was going to do this a little bit like mankind did it a little bit, I think. And, uh, but I wanted to be different than mankind. But, but he, he did, you know, take a lot of risk and he was taking a lot of chance, you know, and risking a lot. But, uh, you know, I, I just think when I did those things, I, I think nobody understood why I was doing them. And then, then I come 2018 and suddenly everything I do, everybody understands why I'm doing it. They, it all makes sense. Yeah. Even I, I, I think one time I took uh, a bag drop on a ramp or something that was against the Briscoes and Jim Ross said, like, ask me why PCO, why? And all the fans under, you know, under responded, like, because he's not human. Right. That's it. That's why. That's his character. Shout out to PCO for being an amazing guest, an amazing person, and awesome to fucking talk to. Uh, congrats on all of the fame that you're having an impact. I believe he's got a big match coming up. Uh, at the time I'm recording this, at Under Siege, I believe, is the next big match that he has. Uh, so go fucking get him, PCO. We're going to pivot here with this last clip. We're going to jump to one of my favorite guests, uh, the one, the only, the incomparable Bill Alfonso. Uh, Fonzie's fucking great. Uh, he's He's been good enough to come on the show a few times, and he always steps into a conversation not holding anything back. Uh, I'm lucky enough that he told me the story of the time he punched Dusty Rhodes in the face. So without further ado, the the last segment we're going to have on this recap, return, re-whatever-you-want-to-call-it, don't-call-it-a-comeback, to quote LL Cool J, the one and only... Bill Alfonso. I got a lot of questions about one thing you said last week. What? Well, I said a lot of things. <laughs> you said a lot of podcast. shit. I mean, we covered alligator stories, plane crashes, fucking road stories, drug overdoses, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but. I didn't leave nothing out. I didn't leave nothing out. You said you punched <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I was going to save that fantastic story. Because my social media director, Angelica Alfonso, who's my niece, and she's terrific. And you guys have met her and have heard about her. She's posting pretty soon. Since the first podcast tour I started like almost two months ago, um, was so successful. Get a lot of good feedback. The people love the stories and all legitimate. And I have a great time and I get good reviews. So we're launching podcasts. Two podcast two tour with Bill Alfonso. So I'll be doing podcasts with some of the same podcast people and more. So I was saving that Dusty story for that. But since you're my boy, since I've been on your show four times, I'm gonna tell the story firsthand on your on your show if you want me to. This is the question I got multiple times from people in one form and another, I got, whether it was, did he say he punched Dusty to when the fuck did Fonzie punch Dusty to 
Wait, is this the same story I heard? Okay. Okay, so what time frame are we talking? Early 80s. Early 80s. Okay. All right, so early 80s. Where were you at the time where you and Dusty are in the same area, the same promotion? What's going on? I, I, I got hired May of 1980 for Florida Championship Wrestling. Eddie Graham, the owner. Right. Dusty, the booker. One of the bigger companies in the fucking country. World mm-hmm. renowned. Gordon Soley. Oh, my God. I signed a contract with them. So I'm working for them. Dusty's a booker. I'm fucking learning. I'm green. I'm a young referee, but enthusiast. Uh, I want to do my job good. And I was good. I was a natural and I became better and better uh, and got familiar with all the guys. And then I started being well-liked by a year after being trained by the greatest sports entertainment guys on the planet at that time, Eddie Graham, Dusty, Dory Funk, Jack Briscoe, all these freaking guys. Uh, crazy. I met tons of guys. Bobo Brazil, the Sheik. I was trained by the best. So I'm getting better. So I'm, at Florida Championship Wrestling, we would tape – TV, which you've seen the Florida Championship Wrestling TV shows, I'm all over. We would take that on Wednesday and then Wednesday morning and then go to Miami for the Miami show that night. So TV in the morning, drive to Miami, do the show, drive back. The next day, drive back to Tampa, based out of Tampa. The next day, we we were in Jacksonville. So that was a hard day. Yeah. And you think Dusty and Blackjack Mulligan in the top matches drove? No, it's 250 miles. They flew on the twin-engine plane. You know what I mean? But me and all the other guys had to drive, which is no problem. You know, the stars should fly. Right. They're back at 12 o'clock at night. We're back at 4 in the morning. So what? So once in a while, a spot would open up on the airplane. And they made it. I was well liked by Dusty. It was his left hand man, not his right hand man. His right hand man was J.J. Dillon at that time. J.J.'s excellent assistant booker. He's fantastic. J.J. Dillon, very good friend of mine. So when hold I on. Was Dusty's left hand man. I would do, you know, I'd meet Dusty at 7 o'clock. We'd go over the format of the show for a big show. At 7.15, I was done. I had the whole show in my brain. And I would go tell everybody involved, Dusty would talk to me, not everybody, not the 25 guys on the show, would talk to me. It was my responsibility to translate Dusty's thoughts to these 25 guys and get it right. And I did. That's why I was well-liked. So, so you're, you're middlemanning. You, so the yes. middlemanning from Dusty to the boys has yes. gotten you on the plane. Is, is, this, is, this, is this the Grams plane or is this like a, a Who's who, this? Is the company plane that they're flying on? Are you guys no, flying on a com- or like commercial? Uh, there was several planes. You could rent one, lease one from the hangar, hangar one. You could lease one. Eddie Graham had a plane that only held four, but usually they want six guys, and they would lease one. So it, you know, it's four hundred, five hundred bucks to fly to Miami round trip. Okay, so you're not on Delta. Well, I can't afford that. I have to drive. It's economics for me because I'm only making X amount of dollars. Dusty's making tons of money. They can afford to fly, but right. once in a while. Dusty would say, hey, uh, my grandma's not going to Miami. There's a little cubby hole you can sit in and fly with us and fly back. We're not going to charge you again, Fonzie. Are you kidding me? We want you to come. I said, really? So it was a treat for me to jump in a plane with Dusty and Harley Race and Eddie Graham and Jack Briscoe and 
fly to Miami, do a show, and fly mm-hmm. back home at 12 o'clock. It's amazing. I'm a young kid, 22 years old. Fuck what I know. But So that's how the story started, where I sucker punched Dusty. Is that what you're leading up to, the sucker punch? Yeah, so, okay, so how do you go from... Right, he's, you're, he's inviting you on the plane. Yeah. Why, why do you sucker punch him? Okay, now, this is my first two years in the business. I'm young. Mm-hmm. I don't drink alcohol. I smoke very little pot. I'm clean-cut. I'm well-dressed. I'm well-mannered. I'm learning the business. I'm humble. And I'm on the lower side of the business because, you know, I'm the referee. So they thought Black Jack Mulligan and Dusty thought it'd be very funny for them to pour me a drink, uh, a shot of Jack Daniels. Hey, Bonnie, look, who's in the back seat that cubby hole? Oh, it's Fonzie flying with they fly every week. I'm a, I'm a novelty piece for them. They're making fun of me, have a good time. <laughs> so they pour me another shot. So now I got three or four or five shots of Jack Daniels in mm-hmm. me. Now I had, the flight's only 49 minutes from Miami to Tampa. And they go 250 miles an hour on a plane. Uh, so I got eight or nine or ten shots. When I got off that plane, I was so fucking drunk, I could barely stay. <laughs> So, and I didn't have a ride home from the airport because I was supposed to drive. They invited me on the plane at the last minute. I was going to jump in with Ron Bass and Barry Windham and Mike Pretendo and ride with them. But, no, I got a chance to go on a plane with Dusty. So I said, they said, go, go ahead, Fonzie. Because they liked when I – because they would have to wait for me. They would say they were, they were the seventh or eighth match. There was nine matches. They would have to wait three more matches because I would referee the main event. Right. So we'd get out there the last people at the shower. So they were glad I was on the place so they could leave early. So Dusty and Blackjack Mulligan got me fucking drunk. And out of out of drink at that point. So we get off the plane and Dusty's out, you know, Bonzi. I said, he's out there, go. Where do you live? Where Ebor City. So on the way to Dusty's truck, he's got a red Ford dually two four wheels in the back pickup truck. And on the way to his truck was parked, you know, thirty-five feet from the entryway. He says, he says fine. Him and Black Jack Mulligan say, hey, Fonzie, you see that trash can right there? You know, a regular size trash can, a plastic one. Right. He said, you know, Mulligan kicked that trash can and it went over the curb. How far do you think you can kick it? I said, well, if I kick that trash can, Dusty, I'm going to kick it past Mulligan 25 feet. Oh, Jesus said, okay. Christ! So I get, to run, I get to run these starts and kick the trash can. This is a rib on me. You're so drunk, drunk challenging Mulligan to do drunk. anything. Anything. So, so I kicked the trash can, but it was, they knew it was bolted down to the ground. You know, there's no way. Oh, for fuck's no, sake. There was a rib on me. So I went first. I went to kick the thing. I busted my ass. I fell. I busted my arm. I was bleeding. Got juice, everything. So then they felt a little bad. So Dusty said, jump in the truck. I'll take you home. So we're, um, we passed my house. I don't know where I live because I'm so fucking drunk. I said, I think it's right there. Oh, that's just going around the block. My wife looks out the window and says, I seen that red truck pass the house about eight times. I didn't know what house I lived in because I was so drunk. So finally, Dusty got so fucking tired of me because I was so drunk. It was his fault that he wanted me to fucking take it, drive me off somewhere and take a cab home. I, so he said that. I said, fuck you. And... Out of that, 
when he wanted to get me out of his car because we couldn't find my house, it was already three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. It was their fault for getting me drunk. I sucker punched Dusty. We're in the, I'm in the passenger <laughs> side, and he's in the driver's side. He's leaning over, Fonzie, brother, I got to go home too. We got to find out where you live. I hit him so fucking hard. <laughs> he had two in his mouth because he dipped. You know, he dipped that yeah. out, that, uh, that skull or whatever. That skull and his face turned and went all over the windshield and shit. He couldn't believe I fucking hit him. So what does he do? He gets, doesn't get mad. He says, okay, that's enough, Fonzie. He gets my wrestling bag, throws it out the door, and throws me out. I'm at a 7-Eleven at fucking 3 in the morning. Dusty drives off. Oh, my God. And the 7-Eleven people called the cops. Because they see me sucker punch the guy and throw my bag out. And so the cops come. I said, I tell them the story. Hey, Dusty got me drunk. Now the cops are laughing with me, too, or at me. I said, look, Dusty, they got me drunk. We just show Miami. Oh, they know Dusty, Gordon, Soli. They're, you know, Florida wrestling, the big stars. So they said, jump in the car. We'll take you on. What's your address? And for some reason, I knew my address. 2719 right. Palmetto Street or whatever. It took me right home. And fucking that was the end of the story. My wife said, why is the police bringing you home? And then I had to explain the whole story to her. <laughs> I got drunk on a plane. I kicked the trash can. I sucked a bunch of dusty. I used to me out at the 7-Eleven. The fucking police came. They recognized the story. And at least I'm home. There's, there's like five different ways you can frame that story to people. You can be like, hey, here's a story about the time I punched Dusty. Or, hey, here's the story about the time Dusty left me at a 7-Eleven. Or, hey, here's the time I got drunk on a plane with Dusty. Or, here's the time I took Mike Mike Graham's spot on an airplane. There's like four different ways you can sell that story. Holy shit! How I sell the story is I suck a bunch of Dusty is because... This was in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. All the way up until, God bless him, I love Dusty, and he was my mentor, my complete mentor in the wrestling business. I owe my whole career to him. Uh, when he came to ECW for, you know, a couple of shows, yeah. he said, hey, you ain't going to sucker punch me tonight. He said that of WCW <laughs> once in a while. Once in a while. He just said every time I seen him, but once in a while, he's, hey, Ponson, baby, you ain't going to sucker punch me, are you tonight, baby? <laughs> I said no, sir. <laughs> so that's why I chose the word "sucker punch Dusty." Hey, is the first time is that is that your first do? Is that your first Dusty impression on a podcast? Uh, kinda. You know, <laughs> Dusty's so good. And I think everybody has a Dusty impression. I yeah, think he's got that voice. People of the internet, it's good to be back. This has been getting worked. Episode thirty-six. We, we recapped a few things next week, next Monday. Make sure you join us back here. We're going to be doing more wrestling, more drinking, more partying. Get drunk, mark out, go to gettingwork.com. Make sure you guys subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts to listen to this show. Uh, go listen to it at gettingwork.com. Follow me on twitch.tv slash getting worked. I'm going to be going live every Thursday night at 930. Uh, We're going to be partying. I can't necessarily tell you what I'm going to do every week on Twitch, but the goal is to have a blast, to have a good fucking time. Once again, I'm Mike. This is Getting Worked with Mike. It's good to be back, guys. I'll see you. We got drunk. We marked out, 
We'll see you next week. This is Platinum Max. Signing off. Getting worked. There's no G in yet. Except for the first G, of course. Driving in your car, getting worked. Slacking at your job, getting worked. At the DMV, getting worked. In the VIP, getting worked. Out, getting worked. Getting work, get, getting work, getting work, getting work, get, getting work, getting work, getting work, get, getting work, getting work, getting work, get, getting work.